Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of The Sausage Factory, brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Chariot by Freema Originals. Martin, who are you and what do you do? My name is Martin Brouard. I'm an executive producer uh, on Chariot. I work at Freema Originals, which is a developer based in Quebec City in Canada. Uh, and uh, I'm here today to talk about Chariot in the name of uh, the small team that work on this. So there's a, a bunch of people who work with me, and I will humbly be their uh, their voice today. It's interesting how I've I stress certain vowels. Like I, I made your, like I didn't call you Martin. I called you Martin. Terry, be British of me. Um, I find that we Brits we, we stress certain vowels over uh, uh, North American uh, friends and. Uh, it can get confusing. Apologies if I caused any events, but uh, well done. But uh, uh, it's just what we're going to do. British, we can't. We can only speak one, one language, and even then, it's quite badly. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm French Canadian, so I'm, I'm going to try to speak as best as I can. Uh, I'm sure you're going to understand what I mean. Well, we're both royal <laughs> subjects, so it's okay. You know, we, we've got that. We've got that bond. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, tell us who you are, what you do, and what we, who you represent. And we're going to talk about a lovely game of Chariot. Um, but before we do, how did you make your start making uh, flashy, lighty video games as opposed to tabletop card games, which are fine too? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm 42 years old. I, uh, I I grew up while playing a lot of video games. Uh, I got my ColecoVision when I was uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty young. Uh, what was your favorite there- game on that machine? Uh, I think Jump, Jumpman Jr. was uh, one of my, my favorite ones. I love, of course, Donkey Kong. Uh, played uh, Popeye was my first game. Donkey Kong uh, was amazing on that machine. Yeah, uh, yeah. very good. Turbo, uh, a lot of, of, of stuff like that. But very early on, I I grabbed a, a paper run and uh, got enough money to get myself a Commodore 64 because I had played Ultima 3 uh, Exodus at yeah. the friend zone, and I became totally obsessed by uh, all the Ultima games, yeah. which are still today some of my favorite things. I'm a big fan of uh, Richard Garriott and what, what he did. And so I grew up playing video games, reading comic books, uh, Marvel comics mostly, DC comics, and then uh, later on... Incurable nerd, really. There's no, there's no oh, hope to- Totally, totally. Yeah. I grew up... Uh, <laughs> Reading all of the British invasion of the Alan Moore uh, uh, and uh, Grant Morrison writers uh, right. in, uh, in comic books, uh, I, I worked in a comic book shop for for years, um, where I, I know I played uh, role playing games and uh, you know Magic the Gathering was starting and stuff like that. And uh, wow. in the meantime, I became a filmmaker. I started uh, to make short films, and uh, I was mostly into uh, the the film scene for a long time, which is a time where I stopped playing video games altogether. I, I completely skipped the the consoles between Commodore uh, between ColecoVision and uh, PS3, which is uh, is a little weird because I still kept playing a PC game. I'm a PC gamer at heart. But, uh, you know, I didn't have a NES. I didn't have uh, Turbo Graphics. I didn't have a Genesis. I had friends who had, so I I saw some of the game. I played some of them. But I've I've mostly missed a big part of of what uh, uh, slightly younger uh, gamers than me have uh, enjoyed. 
but in the meantime, I was playing all these um, these PC games. I, I stopped playing game for a while while I was, uh, you know, really much into art and making films and stuff like that. And then uh, at some point, I, I, I made a documentary film on, on video games called Game Over in uh, 2000. Uh, and I, I was really thinking, uh, oh, this is going to be great. I mean, MMOs are going to be huge. They're going to be a big social thing. Uh, professional gamers are going to be something big. And people were thinking it was crazy, but it, it figured out. Uh, it kind of happened exactly like I, I, I said in, the, in that last film that I ever made. I wasn't very good at making films, so I stopped doing that. And I, I started helping people uh, make film. I, I was the general manager of an independent uh, filmmaking cooperative for about 10 years. I funded the Quebec City Film Festival for 10 years. I was, uh, I was the guy who was selecting all the, the jury, uh, the, uh, the guests, and all the films that were presented into this uh, film festival. So for a long time, I was more into uh, that area, but I was still a big uh, fan of, of gaming and uh, in general uh, popular culture. And at some point, uh, six years ago, uh, one of my friends, who is the, one of the three founders of Freemum, uh, he asked me for dinner and said, "Oh, you really, really don't want to work with us, but uh, but what uh, what do you think?" <laughs> uh, but um, it, it, to this day, he still says that it is me that asked him for a job, and I still tell you know, I was just having dinner with my friend, <laughs> and um, basically he told me, "We don't know what you're going to do here, but we know that with your uh, your your background and your drive, uh, we want you as part of the team." And for the, the last five years, I basically started and uh, and I became executive producer very early on because they they there's a lot of, of Canadian grant money to produce games and different yeah. content here. Yeah. And I in my previous life as you know this uh, film guy, I had gotten used to be uh, you know grant writing and uh, and stuff like that in the the the, the arts. Uh, life that I, I was living so uh, I thought I was done with that but the little did I know that I was actually going to be doing much more of that so I, 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 I took a few of the projects that were already on board I re, uh, retooled them to my end I, I started learning the ropes of, of making games uh, and because of my passion and I, I'm, uh, I'm very much of a an historian like guy I really love you know old cartoons old comics old films uh, old video games I, I like to 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 get to know a form of art from its uh, early roots and because of, of that uh, you know encyclopedic knowledge uh, that I, I kind of have um, I, I started putting those skills into trying to make uh, the best games that I could much more than I you know I'm not the the Excel sheet kind of guy. I'm not the guy who, who, who studied into um, the fields of uh, how would you call it? accounting and stuff like that. Yeah. I can manage a budget, but that's 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 not my primary uh, skill. My skill is going to be you know be able to protect the team uh, so that they can work uh, with you know, the, with uh, with uh, do exactly. Uh, the, the type of game that they want to make. Obviously, you know, some people outside of the team have uh, have, uh, have their say and have their suggestion, and uh, most of the time they're very good. So, being able to learn, but also you know to drive the team, make sure that uh, everything goes fine, and challenge uh, what doesn't work, uh, what I, I think is uh, needs to be improved. And uh, that's pretty much uh, how I, I finally got my uh, my my hand into gaming. I, I did a. Uh, 
uh, five uh, PlayStation Minis. We started with the PlayStation uh, Europe. Oh, uh, yeah. We did uh, we did Zombie Tycoon, which was our first one. It was uh, the, okay. the the very first of the PlayStation Minis uh, uh, wave. Uh, it was the biggest and one of the the, the most well received ones. Then we did Young Tor. We did a space shooter for two bucks. Uh, we did. Uh, Port a couple of Widget Odyssey's flash game that we had did we, we ported them to minis and then uh, we did the lights camera party which was when the PlayStation Move uh, was announced we decided to uh, try to do a party game with the PlayStation Move uh, which is lights camera party uh, then we did Zombie Tycoon 2 uh, which is a, a follow up but a much bigger one it was released last year um, leading up uh, in the meantime I was also producing. Uh, iPad application for preschooler, uh, a line called Cosmo Camp. We also did um, the first Facebook game here in Quebec, which was called Rock Paper Sumo. It's it's not live anymore, but it was an interesting. Uh, so uh, a lot of the times, I was I was trying the new platforms for the first time here at Freema, okay. and uh, creating a lot of our brands in the in the meantime. But That's, <coughs> with, there's an incredible yeah. history there you're, you're building up. Yeah, there's a lot of, of work uh, in uh, just uh, six years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk about comic books. Just want to rewind a little bit to that because personally, being British, I actually, it was 2008. That's what I generally read. <clears throat> yeah, that's where uh, Alan Moore began. Yeah, it was just it was just you know slain Judge Dredd, Nemesis. Yeah, Stonjim Dog. Uh, it was really good, really yeah. really good, and I find it difficult with the DR and Quinch. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't do. You know the superhero stuff. You know I can't do it. I find it really difficult. And it's not me being elitist. I just can't relate to it. You know I, I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, and I had this discussion with the comic book um, enthusiast, and I'd like to share this with you. Maybe you can illustrate. But the the the, the comic books um, of the comic books, traditional comic books, superhero comic books, have a central core, like a, a central tenet. That around which everything orbits and springs from, and that's why they keep on hitting the reset button on these on these on these stories, and they have an origin story over and over and over again because they've just got this one core from which to work from. When they said, well, then he said, was 2000 AD? They don't. They have this plot line, this story arc that keeps on going and going and going, and it's like there's there's things that happen revolving around this line. But it is just this line that keeps on going. Do you think that's an accurate description? I think yes, it makes sense. That's probably why I became so uh, enamored with the the British waves of writers when uh, in the around nineteen eighty five, eighty seven, eighty nine. Right. That really, really did a lot of of, of good impact on the uh, American market comics because then all of the Vertigo imprint, the Epic imprint, did. Uh, some very different stuff, but on the side, I, I kind of stopped at that time reading the, the regular superheroes that you're mentioning are are keeping to be, you know, uh, uh, rebooted all the time. Which yeah, is, yeah. I, I, I'm still for me. It's still I'm the only superhero stuff that I really like is the you know the early stuff that uh, uh, Steve, yeah. Steve Ditko, Spider Man, and stuff like that. Yeah, and being in Quebec, the yeah. interesting thing is that we. We are at the crossroad of the American, the British, and the French uh, <laughs> cultural influence. So we also have been, you know, growing up reading uh, the Belgian and French uh, bande dessinée comics, mm. uh, which is very different approach, uh, and, uh, and the 
the influence of both of those, I think, is uh, is very interesting because you, we can you can pick from both of these uh, the, the, these very good influences, the European one and the American one. So make a mix of it. I just want I wanted to tap into that because the next question is really very blunt and deliberate. Really, it's um, I know you're reading to a point where you started working on on chariot, but when you got to the point where you're talking about minis. Um, you know, my favourite mini is free. Where is my heart? I did love that game. Very silly. Um, but just moving on from that, from your time at, uh, working on, on with Sony, which you still do because Chariot's out for the PS4. It's one of the leading platforms it's out for. But what is your influences as a creator, as a producer? What 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 are the things that uh, you seem to be drawn to? I think you hinted at it earlier, but could you maybe spell those out a little more? Well, in in terms of, uh, I like to say that uh, it's it's important for uh, creators in any field, but I think it's important to stress it in the field of, of games to be influenced not just by other games. You need to be influenced by general culture, by history, uh, by other forms of art and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I like to think that my, my general background lets me... Uh, you know, be influenced by a large array of, of stuff. Uh, then I don't make those games alone. I'm I'm the producer. I I, I do put a lot of uh, of influence on the general direction, but I also like to give a lot of leeway, a lot of uh, uh, the people who work with me. You know, to really uh, suggest and 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 do what they want to do, especially on Chariot, where Philippe Dion is. Actually, the vision holder for the game is the one who came to me and and pro- provided um, uh, his idea for this game, and and I, I made sure that all the way during production he was doing exactly the game that he had initially envisioned. Um, and as far as influences go, I would say, uh, for example, in the term of humor, uh, most of the games that I've done. Uh, are have a, uh, a tendency to be uh, slightly humoristic. I'm a big fan of you know British humor uh, and Belgian humor. Uh, Monty Python. Uh, I love the Tim Schafer work on all most of his game. Uh, just Tim Schafer just talking is funny. Uh, yeah, he's an amazing. He's, 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 if he didn't exist, we, he can just, we would need to invent him. <laughs> yeah, he, he just comes out with just that's fantastic. If we didn't exist, we'd have to invent him. He just comes out with this stuff, these witticisms, and like. How are you yeah. doing this? But there are people who have this ability that can just put, you know, clearly I'm not very good at it because I'm stuttering over my words, but they can just pull out these amazing string of witticisms that seem to be endless. Exactly, and, and it shows into yeah. their game. So, for example, when you play the the uh, Monkey Island games, this, the, the the fun was there, but also the humor. The we uh, we all remember, you know, insult sword fighting and stuff it's like ridiculous. that. It's ridiculous. I never forget. <laughs> I never forget playing that. I I I I bought this game. I knew nothing about it, oddly enough. It was back in a time when there was no internet. So I remember I was picking up. I played on my Atari ST. I didn't have a PC. I had an Atari ST. There's another discussion. I'm European. <laughs> what were you going to do? Um, the, um, anyway, and I played it for, you know, this magazine, like, going, this game's great. Like, is it it's about monkeys and pirates? I don't know. I'm not, okay, I'll talking try skull. it. Talking skulls. <laughs> and then you look at the graphics and think, well, it looks pretty impressive. So I, you know, I slammed it into my ST and found myself lost in this world of uh, 
absolute lunacy and chickens with pulleys in the middle of them. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. So humor, humor is, is, is one uh, thing. Uh, hey. Of course, uh, the different games that, that we've all played. Uh, you know, when I was thinking of uh, for Zombie Tycoon, for example, uh, obviously we wanted to do an RTS game. Uh, so, of course, there's the big RTSs, but there's also the rise of the mobile genre with the League of Legends. And yeah. these, we decided to have hero units because we were making uh, an RTS, but for controllers. So we wanted to make very simple mechanics. So we tried to get the pieces that work of different genres and then uh, uh, mixes the, mix them up, try try what works, what doesn't work, simplify everything. Um in in in, uh, in chariot, uh, obviously it's a platformer. But what Philip really wanted to do is is to do a different kind of platformer. And yeah, when, these days when you say to people, "Oh, we're making a, a physics-based platformer," they they just start running away in the opposite direction. They don't yeah, want to hear anything you get about the, it. Um, you get the, even the the polite smile without any teeth. Oh, which is most of the time awful. they're not even polite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being British. The British people go, "That's nice." Would you like a cup of tea? Anything but, to change the subject? Like, really? That's great. But then when they try Chariot, they say, yeah. oh, 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 it's actually very different. It, I, I, know, I know what you mean now by, by physics platformer in, in this term because you're actually, you know, moving the, the platform around, using it, you know, to jump on stuff, to roll down hills. Uh, you, when you're playing at two people, you're playing together. I'm, I'm sure you're going to go deeper in there uh, later on, but it's... It, it's the kind of, of stuff that and it, uh, yeah, it, it is a royal pain in the bum that that blasted coffin it's a coffin everyone it's a coffin yes it's a it's, coffin you're it's carrying a, a dead you dead know body father, in a rolling coffin who's a ghost who's so annoying he's just and he's he's a scaredy cat too horrible man um must have been an awful king but anyway um so i mean I've touched on this before about influences. Yes, many game developers have retorted and said, similar to what you said, but some have said, oh, other games, which is fine. They're both right, um, the, the answers to it. But one of the one of the funniest things that we, I had an exchange with is, you know, sometimes you need developers who really don't like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just my little quip basically saying <laughs> we need more people who are looking, sourcing from the same cultural point. You know, we yeah. need more people who actually have a broader um, uh, digestion of, of media. We want it's people very important. Who, you know, I go to watch Shakespeare occasionally and stuff like that because it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, and other plays and that sort of stuff and read Dickens and stuff because it's beautifully written and they're wonderful stories, although everyone keeps on dying of consumption. It's really strange. But, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, the, the, any creator worth their salt needs to actually broaden their their input, their digestion of media. Beyond. Yeah, because if not, you're just cannibalizing, you know, the the place uh, where you're going. It's you're you're cannibalizing the, the the medium that you're in, and it just will not renew itself. No. Uh, I think it's important to 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 grab all a wide range of influences and digest it and and try to to come up with something really nice out of it. Yeah, that that sums up a weird image. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird show. So don't worry. So, next question is: Who do you most admire in the industry, video game industry? 
can be a company, can be a person, oh, can well. be both. And the well, many developers both. sort of sit there go, I'm not into that. Not into that. No. I've, I've already mentioned Tim Schafer and uh, Richard Garriott, which are extremely big influences for me. It, it's funny because I, I feel like these guys are like gaming gods. And but uh, now I, I, I sometimes uh, you know see them in events, and they're not that much older than me actually. And I'm no, like, oh, these no, are very talented people, very creative oh. people. Uh, that sometimes I don't get it right. I mean, Richard Garrett and some, you know, Ultimate Nine. Oh God. A young lad I, I, I admire a lot is uh, is Rami Ismail, uh, which yes. uh, I think is very vocal. He does he, he, is, he makes you, really good games, but he's he's so involved into you know trying to helping everybody and and uh, in you know he's always very level and I see him all the time on every show. I follow him on Twitter and this this is another person that I think if it didn't exist we, we should invent and would have invented him yeah. it's, it's a very it's a strong force for good I've tried to uh, get him on the show but he's a tough man to nail down he's, he's very busy but he, he would be wonderful he, he speaks yeah. a, a, at a lot of events and uh, you know he, he, he does his part uh, to 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 make this industry better and uh, I mean I especially think now 26 especially. years old and uh, I, yeah. I, I raise my, my hat to him because it's it's more people uh, like him that we need I thought um, he was a lot older but uh, I think it's because of his big flowing beard yeah and the fact <laughs> that he's about 7 foot tall you'd think he's much older but he's, he's not he's just reached 26 which is to you and I basically a child <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm 43, by the way, so I can empathise with your your age there. I, I live same generation. You probably picked that out anyway. Um, there's, a, there's a producer also, Laura Fryer. Uh, okay. which, uh, she she used to be at, at Microsoft. I don't know where she is right now. Hmm. She she was producer on uh, uh, some very big AAA titles, and very very early on in my career, I, I saw a couple of uh, her lectures. And uh, she uh, she she inspired me to be as uh, as I am now in terms of uh, you know making sure that take care of your team, take care of your people, make sure that uh, everybody was happy working for you, and uh, a lot of, of good values. And uh, I think uh, uh, she, she she very early on when I got in video games, she left a profound mark on me, and uh, I thank her for that. Yes, yeah, that's the best lectures, isn't it? The ones that. You keep on. Uh, it, I it think might I, be a, I cried at every one of her lectures. She's, she's wow. very good at that. <laughs> it might be a sentence they've said. I found that myself. Like, yep, yeah, remember that. Always remember that. If in doubt, because you find yourself going down those valleys and going down those paths that we've both trodden before. And before you actually entered that, that path, you go, oh, no, I've been there before. Yeah, no, not, not doing that again. And then you deviate. Wisdom does a lot of that because you've done it and you don't want to do it again. And you also spend your life telling people not to do that, uh, even though they go off and do it and learn for themselves. But, um, yeah. Next question, then. Um, this is my favourite question. Uh, second favourite, actually, because the, the actual questions about the games are, are, are Chariot is, is the most important. But what are you playing right now? Oh, I'm playing Fantasy Life uh, on 3DS. Uh, what is Fantasy- that? Fantasy Life is a game by Level 5, which is a Japanese developer that also did the Professor Layton games. And uh, okay. they did the wonderful Nino Kuni with uh, Studio Ghibli oh, on PS3. Yeah, with, the, with the Welsh fairy. 
Yeah, yeah. It's so, so made me laugh. A lot of Americans said he was Scottish because they don't recognise Welsh as, a, as an accent. They can't recognise it, so they all said he's Scottish. And all these British people going no, and Canadians <laughs> going no, no, he's Welsh. He's a no, never mind. <laughs> he's clearly Welsh. We, we're saying that you know that, but your American friends to the south they don't know. They don't know it. <laughs> So Level 5 did uh, yeah. Fantasy Life, which is uh, – they also did a great game called uh, Dragon Quest Nine, which was, I think, one of my favorite RPGs of the last few years. That's and, on the uh, DS, isn't it? Fantastic. Also, fantastic. fantastic. So uh, Fantasy Life is this game where you actually play this character that you can change his, uh, uh, his career. You, you, can, you, you can be uh, uh, – what was it called? Uh, a guy with an axe who cuts trees. Oh, I love sorry. it. And John, alone, you can be a lumberjack, you can be a paladin. Think of Monty Python, then. You can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, you, you can be a mage. Uh, you can be a miner, and you, you you change class all the time, and you improve stuff. You're just having, you know, this little good time. And uh, I have three daughters, and uh, the two eldest ones, they they loved uh, playing Terraria. They loved playing minecraft but i also love to play dragon quest and, and and they're always fighting me to get uh the ds to play fantasy life these days so we're we each have our own character and saving and playing that also i, st- I restarted playing um binding of isaac rebirth because it, it came out yesterday and yeah, i'm a big fan yeah. of binding of isaac i love that game that game's incredible it's, just, it's amazing that it was made as an afterthought as a thing oh, that he best did. artist after tour ever. <laughs> I know, but he did it while he was making Super Meat Boy. Uh, for <laughs> me, it's, it's much more interesting. But I, I, I find that I'm attracted to some of these um, uh, permadeath game. Uh, oh which yeah, is just silly because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not a good player. No, uh, mate. So yeah, I die no. all the time. But I mean, uh, faster than light. Uh, don't Starve, Spelunky, and yeah. uh, Binding of Isaac. They're, those are some of the, the best games for me in the last few years, and uh, they're all very punishing. But I know, uh, I love those. And uh, yeah, so the, these days, this is what I'm playing. I'm looking forward to Dragon Age Inquisition and a much bigger uh, geeky uh, RPG yeah. fan. I mean, the, the, the little boy who, who played Ultima 3, Ultima 4, Ultima Online later on is. Uh, is still very much in the mode with uh, good deep RPGs and uh, Dragon Age Origin was so good uh, I didn't care that much for the second one but I'm I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that the new one will be you know something I can sink a few hundred hours and uh, no problem I'm actually running a pen and paper campaign in Dragon Age RPG oh nice um, fantastic if you ever get a chance to do that I would if anyone says do you want to do it say yes uh, mm. It's fabulous. It's got 3D6 combat system. So it's just three six-sided dice. You just roll them really, really quick. And it just does, the, the numbers don't get in the way. It's like, what have you got? I don't know, 12. It's no. all about storytelling, right? Yeah, it's all about... It's what I love. Yeah, and uh, also because the game is is as tough as the, the computer game. So, um, or, sorry, I play it on PC, so I prefer to it as a computer game, but as the video game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's, it, you know, they, they come close to death all the time. It's like, am I going to die? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you hit you pretty hard. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's good fun to DM. I, I'm a GM and it's, um, it's an interesting experience playing Dragon Age as a, as a GM, but, uh, 
yeah, really enjoying that. And I'm, I, I like you, not too keen on the second one. Uh, I think that should they should have made it. Actually, I think they should have, or even at least delayed it for a year or two. We would have been fine. Uh, there's yeah, enough content. Like, there's enough content. Rushed. Yeah, it was terribly rushed. As you know, as a creator, that's a bad call. But that's EA for you. Um, but uh, no, they. Uh, it, it's Dragon Age Origins. They had more than enough content for us to to, to mess with. We were fine. We we're happy. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> to see the second one appear so quickly like that, like what what are you planning here? What Bioware? What are you doing? I think you know that was the beginning of the end. But anyway. On to more pleasant matters, let's move on to the second half of the show where we talk about Chariot. Martin, uh, do tell us. Tell us about this game, please. All right. Uh, well, Chariot is uh, a platformer. It's a 2D platformer. It's a local co-op 2D platformer that uh, you normally will be playing with, you know, your spouse, your kid, your friend. Uh, it, you can play it solo, but it was totally designed to be played with somebody else. The, I, at I, first, find it, I find it quite fun solo, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it is fun solo. Actually, Chariot, at first, it wasn't even possible to play it so, uh, solo. We, the, the way we, we wanted to do it was, you know, you have to have a friend, and uh, if you don't, just don't play it. And, and, and very early on, we, we, we started testing it solo because, you know, sometimes we need to test it. And, and we found out that it was very enjoyable solo, and we decided, oh, let's let's... Let's make it simpler so that everybody can 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 play it uh, the way they like. But it is still a game that, from the get go, the ideas that you want to have somebody sitting next to you and you know argue with him, saying, "Let's go up there." Oh no, no, no! There's some gems that we left over there. Are you sure you we didn't? <laughs> there wasn't a path over there. And oh, jump, jump there! No, no, pull, pull. So the the the, the Interaction of seeing people play Chariot, uh, either in uh, in big shows like PAX or stuff like that, or just watching people play uh, at their house is is almost you know it's very very uh, enjoyable. Uh, and so Chariot is a game in which you play a princess. You do, and, or and a betrothed. Exactly, the fiance <laughs> is the yeah. second player, or you, you, if you play solo and you prefer to play the fiance, you can. But the idea is that this princess is accompanied by her fiance, and they 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 have one job to do is to uh, to find a suitable resting place for the king because uh, he just passed He's away dead. recently. Yeah, He's yeah. dead, and so you need to find a place to bury him and then move on with your life. The problem is that the king is coming back as this grumpy old ghost that keeps complaining all the time. He's never satisfied. He wants to be buried in a nicer place with more treasure all the time. And so he pops up from time to time. And even when he's not popping up, uh, when you're playing, uh, you're actually earing through the casket, you know, saying, you know, don't scratch the paint or you forgot some treasure there or, you know. I love dropping in from height. That's quite yeah. funny. 
No, he's, no. He's, yeah. So funny. Sometimes he even seems to enjoy himself. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. When, when you're going down a hill. Yeah, he uh, loves that. Just, he loves that. Whee! Um, yeah. But what's what's quite funny, just to let everyone know about this game, is that um, the, the, this 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 um, the name chariot is a little bit misleading. Basically, the chariot element is that it's the coffin, but the coffin's on wheels. Uh, you haven't got a series of pallbearers <laughs> walking around. Bring things. out your dad! Bring out your dad! <laughs> I'm not dead, so um, I'm feeling better. Um, so yeah, it's it's not about that. It's not. not it's actually you with, with the chariot. Initially with some wooden wheels, but it does get better later on. We'll talk about that later. Um, where you just um, pull this thing around with you with a with, with some rope uh, and uh, have great fun doing it. But it is a what's really interesting is that what you haven't mentioned is that with all platformers, you, there's collecting of things, money, gold, and that sort of thing. Yes, blueprints yeah. for upgrades. Um, which you spend money on to build, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, but the chariot picks. Well, I say, yeah, they're going to call it that because that's the name of the game. But the coffin picks those up. Not the players. The amount of times I've seen players go rushing off to try and get a diamond. Why not pick it up? Like, well, it's not you. It's the coffin. The king wants the gold, not you. And uh, that's an interesting change in tack. Uh, yes, I, I think it's one of the core thing in Chariot because the the way it it works is we really we most of the local co op games they're not co op they're actually competitive. Yes. Uh, you, you know, one of you each have your own score, and who finishes first, who make racks up the more score. And we didn't want to do that with Chariot. We really wanted to have a co op game where you have to work together. So that's why experience. there's a single there's a single score, and it's a common score because. Yeah. The characters don't pick up the loot, the treasure, the, the mm-hmm. chariot does. And you just can't go running off on your side. And and the tricky part is also that sometimes it's it would be easy to reach an area with the character. The thing is you need not only to bring the chariot over there, but sometimes you need to maintain it at a certain uh, near a certain jam for a few seconds. And that's where the tricky two-player challenges uh, are are really really fun because you, you need to figure a way and there's never just one solution. There's always a, a way oh, to yeah. do it that oh we didn't plan for that and you guys did it like like that. Oh, I, that's I, cool. I, I find <laughs> I find it so funny when they end up just arguing. Well, you just argue and you end up throwing the chariot at each other, and then you end up winning the getting like oh just throw it over here. What? Just throw it, okay? And you just push it, and then it just gets swung yeah. over because. It, and that's why it's 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 such a great game to uh, to stream online because watching people play and interact is uh, is is a show in itself. Yeah, so I, um, I I've watched a few let's play videos, and it is both amusing and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> it's just like you people are just profoundly stupid. You know, though there's some some one of them one of them I won't mention who they were, but couldn't actually pronounce the word chariot. It was just like wow. And then there's Sepulchre, no one could pronounce that word. Um it's just like don't you people read? And it's just it's so funny. Like oh and then they do some ridiculous things. Oh no, I wanna go to, what's up here? No, we need to because um what's quite common I'm an explorer. I, I know that those character, those the player types. Yes, um, I'm an explorer. Okay, I played WoW 
told this story many times. Sorry, everyone, if you heard it before. Played well. I pretty much finished it. The Burning Crusade, I saw everything. Everything. I had raided to death for the sole purpose of just seeing everything. Uh, and that's the kind of person I am. So what I would do in Chariot, what I kept on doing in Chariot, I'll keep on doing Chariot, like, let's go over here. But there's a I don't care. <laughs> We're going. Let's go. <laughs> We're going. Yeah. But no, this arrow says point that way. Yeah, but there's a I don't care. And but most people a, do that yeah. because at some point, you know, the, it's important to gather loot and chariot because that's how you're going to pay for those upgrades. But yeah. it's still, I mean, some people could just say, yeah, wait, but I, I don't care. I just want to see the story and I, I don't need to upgrade the chariot fully to, you know, the chariot you need to upgrade fully, but the items you don't. No. But they're so cool that you should. Yeah. But a lot of people, they, they just, they, they they don't do it for the loot itself. They do it for the experience of, of you know, I want to see what's there and I want to have the satisfaction of getting that gem that looks, you know, to be yeah. in such a hard-to-reach place. And, and most people th- yeah. do that and then they do a high-five yeah. when they finish. And that's why we actually added a high-five mechanics in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we have a button. You have to, really. We had a, an, an unused button, and we, we yeah. Decided oh, unused button this. on a controller like that? Damn. That's worth gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about how this leaden weight, which is what I'm calling it, it's this huge sort of weight that is the, the, the coffin. Was that always the original intention of the game? I know you're not the developer yourself. Or yes. Designer. Uh, was, it, was it, That's how it started, like... What would it be like if you had to pull this bloody thing around? Exactly. It's, it's at the core. The, 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 the basic idea for Chariot all came from that. That and the, the ropes uh, that you use to, to carry it around. That's why Philippe Dion, when he came to me, he, he actually, it's a very funny story. He, he, he came into my office and said, hey, Martin, I have this uh, idea for a new game that we, we should be making. And uh, I, I, I would like to present you a paper... Uh, a PowerPoint presentation. He did a, a little PowerPoint presentation with programmer heart, you know, stick figures. It was uh, me with uh, my my two feet on my uh, my desk uh, with a poster saying, "I have a cool job." And uh, him, he was he was uh, on his knees saying, "I have this idea for a game master." And he actually did this PowerPoint presentation, which is really funny. And he said, uh, "I think we should do uh, a game that would be." Uh, local co-op and uh, the idea behind that would be that you'd be carrying uh, a chariot on wheels and you'd be throwing around ropes he said do you think you could give me two weeks with another programmer so that we could prototype something very basic but that would you know let us test this and so I I, I did find him you know uh, these two weeks and uh, and they did this prototype and when we tried that prototype, everybody at the office, when we tried it, everybody was like, oh, this is so fun. Because we were watching people play and they were exa- doing exactly what people are doing now. Right? Let's go that way. No, let's go that way. Pull, pull, pull. Yeah. Auto push. <laughs> jump, jump now. And, and, and we could actually immediately see that the core mechanic was, one, it was unique. It had yeah. never been done before, which is pretty rare in games. Yeah. And it, it, it was uh, hilarious. And I mean, so, the, the closest... I'm going to say this, and you might disagree, but the closest, I think, is uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, um, where you have you have to control two characters at the same time. 
in order to accomplish various tasks. But it's only you with the same control. Exactly, and which is a very, very good game. But yeah. uh, oh, it, it is play, a very, very plays, good game. Yeah, it's very differently. Oh yeah, but uh, there is an aspect of cooperative play, even if it's only with yourself, and the yes. fact you have these two. And uh, it is no way even slightly funny. In fact, although there is some humorous bits in it, isn't there? But oh, yeah. uh, it's it's uh, ultimate. It's kind of a downer. Sorry, spoilers, everyone. But yeah, it's yep. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of sad. Uh, very sad, actually. I kind of teared up at the end. Um, but uh, back to chariot. Yeah. So and, when and, yeah. when did that prototype? You know, we saw that the potential was there. I I went into my uh, grant writing frenzy mode and uh, figured a way to to get the Canadian government to the uh, Canada Media Fund to to fund the. the, the the production of chariot. What are and, the requirements for that? Does it have to have some? Oh, it's it's a very good. It, it has mace mostly to be, um, you know, owned by Canadian uh, interest, of course, right. uh, and to uh, it it has to be innovative. Right. Uh, the way we do it can be innovative on uh, on the a new a new platform, for example. It can be innovative in terms of a new IP, a new mechanic. It's it's pretty liberal in terms of how you're going to innovate, and it's you know you don't have to do rocket science innovation, but uh, you, you have to convince them that what you're going to do is, is something new, which uh, with Chariot was uh, was rather easy to convince them because we actually and we were actually doing the game on Wii U at first only, uh, that was our goal. I do like but, that platform, by the way. Sorry to interject, but. I'm fed, I'm fed up with people yelling at the Wii U. It's a great platform. It's a great platform. The problem was that the moment when we started production, uh, Wii U had just launched, and uh, the results were terrible in terms of sales. Yeah. So yeah. We, we quickly decided that it was probably not a good idea to do this. And in the meantime, uh, we know we uh, we opened up with uh, the idea at Xbox program. We uh, we always have had a great relationship with PlayStation, so we decided to to go ahead and do all platforms instead of just one, which is fine because we're doing Chariot on our own engine, and uh, we can export natively to all of those platforms. I'm not saying it's easy, but now now that the engine is is, is pretty much done, uh, it's easier. But you know we had a, an R and D team working on the engine to to make it especially perfect for Chariot uh, during production, so that helped a lot. Can you talk about the presentation of Chariot? Because that's what one thing that really bowled me over um, was how polished and, quite frankly, beautiful Chariot actually is. Not just visually, but just sound-wise and the script writing and the voice acting. It's all just amazing. Um, it's not saying it's because I'm talking to you now and you're responsible for all that, but, but it really is genuinely an amazing production, really well put together. Um well, thank how, you. <laughs> how did the cartoon style, the visual, uh, was it always that way? You could have gone all sorts of way. You could have gone like trying-like almost. You know, you could have done all sorts of things. We did um, try different uh, approaches. At first, uh, Chariot was the story of this big hulking uh, escaped prisoner and uh, his uh, weird uh, toad-like wizard semi friend and a we we totally changed the story but we can come back to that later on the, yeah. the thing is the the prototype uh, when we started making the game into our engine uh due to the physics due to how the level editor works due to 
everything that is related to the actual gameplay, we had to have uh, round, small roundish characters that were almost like rounds. The 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 early versions of the game before we actually, uh, you know, designed their character and put uh, all the art in were the, these little you know big faces with the small flappy arms and and uh, they, they were basically little roundish figures, and so. Kirby. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very Kirby-like in their form, right. uh, and, and it, because of their their collision and uh, how, how it worked uh, in, uh, in relation to physics and the ropes and, and how it, it interacted with the chariot, it yeah. it had to be that way. So we really changed the design and and came up with our, our new characters um, through uh, testing stuff that would fit with that that frame. Also, due to the way that the um, the, the angles are in the different levels in the in the editor for the physics to work for there are certain angles so we had to have something of a blocky a very angular uh, style but instead of you know seeing that as a problem uh, we decided to embrace that and our art director uh, his name is Chris Eggleston is very very good and from the get go when he, he hopped in uh, on the project he, he was like you know what, Martin? We really need to make sure that as soon as somebody sees a screenshot of Chariot, it immediately recognizes, oh, that's Chariot. I've seen that before. So that's that's not that easy to pull off. And no, uh, no, that's, that's something I wanted too, but uh, he actually uh, pulled it off with his, his, his team of, of artists. And the way that uh, it works is since our engine lets us uh, work directly in engine, the we didn't have a lot of programmers on on Chariot. We had one programmer full time plus the uh, Philip, who I've mentioned before, who is also a programmer, did uh, programming half time. We had help, you know, from time to time with from other programmers. But it, at the, the core, we only had uh, these guys because the way it works is the uh, uh, the artist and the level designer could pretty much do everything by themselves into the engine. So the artists would just, you know make their magic and make sure that this huge level would be very different. You, when you go deeper into one level, you see it change. You see the feeling change. We, we really wanted this to be an exploration game. So that's probably why you like it so much, because you're an explorer. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that uh, there was quiet moments. Some people say, hey, there's not a lot of music in chair. There's actually you know, 18 different songs uh, yes. in, yeah. in chair. There's a lot of music. It's just that it's not you know, always there. It's not back-to-back. When it comes, it comes very smoothly. It, it goes back. And it was uh, Phil's wish from uh, the get-go. He didn't want to have a game where you know there was hectic music all the time. It's a slow-paced game. There's a lot of exploration. Let's take a while. Let's, let's enjoy the scenery. And yeah. we did contact um, Patrick Baltrop. Who is, uh, Patrick Baltrop is the audio director on Chariot. Uh, and uh, he was actually a former Armanix employee. He works also at Irrational. He was the audio director for Bioshock Infinite. And shortly after Bioshock let go most of it, uh, no, Irrational let go most of their employees, I, yeah. I hit him up on, on, on LinkedIn and I said, Patrick, um, I'm looking for a guy who's going to be um, an artist first. Uh, I, I'm used to work with... Uh, outsourcing audio companies that you know you talk to a project manager and they they provide you with audio assets and uh, that's that's not what i wanted for chariot the the author approach of chariot really required us to work with an artist that would be you know accountable uh for the whole audioscape he did 
he did with his partners from uh, Skew Sound. He did uh, the music. Uh, he did the, all of the audio integration, all of the creation of every single sound into the game. But he also directed the actors for the voiceovers. And so we, we have a unified uh, audio vision that you know is as beautiful as the visual art is. And I think that works a lot because when you're exploring those caverns and you, you hear that music come in and uh, it, it's really magical. And uh, I'm extremely proud to have... Uh, I've made the decision of, of, you know, reaching out to him. And he was like, oh, platformers are my favorite type of games. I have never uh, made sound for a platformers. I'm a little tired of, uh, of AAA right now. I would love to work with you. And, uh, yeah, him and his team, they, they really, really did uh, awesome work. Yeah, it all adds, it all adds up to the, the sum of its parts. And uh, it's really, really fantastic stuff. I want to talk more about the game itself now. The mechanics. We've just focused a little bit there on the aesthetics and the, which is very important, and the feel and the style and the humor and and all of that. The animation, fantastic stuff. But you can upgrade your chariot. We've talked about this. But how have you balanced the level design versus the state of the chariot? In other words, it is it quite possible, and I think it is that you can bling out, if you will your chariot to the point where a level will be less challenging than it would normally be. How have you balanced that? Well, there's there's different uh, upgrades. You can upgrade the chariot itself, which is basically upgrading so that you can go to the new environment. So basically, you can't go to the darkness level, which is level uh, 6 to 10, uh, before you upgrade the chariot with a nightlight, because the, the, if you don't have the nightlight, the king will complain that he's afraid of the dark. He says he's not afraid, but he, he's basically afraid of going in the he's dark. He's dead. So, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also hypochondriac, so he keeps oh, fearing that, right. you know, he, he doesn't want to go into the lava level because he's going to get a fever and stuff he's like that. He's been the worst king ever. Go oh, on. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm a father of three daughters, so I, oh. there's a little bit of me in there. <laughs> Worst parent yeah. ever. Even though you're not, you think you are. So yeah. that's, that's how parentage, parenthood is. You're like I'm rubbish at this. Like, yeah, and like I love so, how my parents feel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Go on. Upgrading the uh, upgrading the chariot itself so that it's there to gate the different environments. So you make sure that you've you've done enough. Uh, to, before uh, unlocking the new environments and, and, and going to the end. But the game also has a lot of uh, B entrances and even sometimes C entrances. So you, 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 you finish a level, you come up to another entry, you find new stuff. And the stuff that you will find is blueprints. Uh, and the, the blueprints will allow you to find one of the six special items and uh, you can upgrade them three times each. And yes, that for the level design, uh, our, one of the level designers on the game is Alexandre Van Chestein, uh, who really was into, he wrote most, uh, all of the dialogues, he, he did a lot of the, the work into the, you know, the personality of the king, how, how he talks, the same thing, the dialogue for the, the merchant. But he also is the guy who is at the core of uh, making sure that the balance of the items was interesting. Some of the items you find later on, a lot of people try the game and they don't. They don't even find uh, 
the the uh, repulsor or the attractor, for example, which the magnet is, is awesome you, because you can you can play uh, with these. And some of these items will actually you know make it easier in some some areas. Some of these items would be better for speed runs, for example. I yeah. think they're they're yeah. pretty much all balanced. You know the 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 grenade, for example, the canary grenade will help a lot when there's fight, but it also serves as a source of light into the darkness level when you don't even know if there's a ledge ahead of you and, <laughs> or making that leap of faith. You can, uh, you know, throw out that grenade, uh, which is a pipe or bomb. Or lob of faith, as I like to call it. Exactly. Yeah. Throw it. And no, it'll be fine. No. <laughs> when you play a two-player, you have, you know, the chance to combine some of those two items together. Yeah. So, for example, uh, we've had a lot of fun uh you know, playing with somebody uses the repulsor, he repulses the chariot with the other player on it, and the other player then jumps in the air, uses the attractor, so he throws the chariot even higher. Then you, you, it kind of hack as a double jump, and then you reach that ledge that you would normally have to do a super long path to go there. But yeah. you know, by by playing with the physics of these items that you've upgraded, you can actually manage to to, to find new ways to to go. To uh, to certain areas, so it was a lot of 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 balancing. But uh, you know, yes, some some of the uh, some of the items sometimes helps. But I mean, the, the the game is hard enough as it is in the later levels that I, we don't think it's a, it's a problem. If people want to, you know, get the achievement to do the level uh, uh, everything without using the items, they can do that too. But that is extremely hard. But uh, we, we want to have people the chance to go back to previous level and try it with uh, new items and try it different ways uh, and that's why there's so much replayability in the game with the different entrances the speed runs the very large areas because most of the time when you'll go through a level there are areas of the map that you you haven't found sometimes because you just went right past it and sometimes because oh you've just unlocked a, you know a new entrance to a previous level by finishing another one, and then you go, oh, there was a, a whole section of a level there that yeah. you know I didn't even know existed, and uh, that's why um, you know to 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 get a platinum trophy on, on that game is is something that really deserves some respect. So some people might see a screenshot of the game, say, oh, that's a game for kids. Well, uh, I, I, I I I kind of smirk that uh, when they I say I see that sometimes on the forums. I'm like, yeah, as if you you could you know uh, you probably may be able to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> The only kid aspect is their hand-eye coordination. Yes, way better than than us older folk. So. But, but but also, if I want to play with my wife or my kids, you know, there's no problem playing the first few levels, and uh, it's going to be super enjoyable for them uh, because the first few levels are very very easy. They're they're just a walk in a park, uh, especially if you don't try to get all of the special gems. Yeah. But you know, as soon as you know you get uh, the grasp of it. You get, uh, like, the little... Uh, uh, I was I was saying earlier, that you get that vibe, you, that that zone you're in. and Yeah, it starts to very flow. Comfortable. You, you start can, leaping around like a leapy thing, and it's just like, oh. Exactly. And then <laughs> you can go into those harder levels, and uh, the challenge is, is, is very hard. Yeah, it's a multi-layered game. This is it really... And it's huge. People don't realize that. They think that it is huge. It keeps yeah. on giving. The much as you put into it, <laughs> it pulls out. It's quite extraordinary. Your 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 exp- expansion on the balance side of things flowed flowed into my next question. So we won't go into that. It's really about how co-op changed the balance of each level. But you've covered that quite uh, quite well. 
previously and, and, and throughout this show. So we won't go through that uh, because you've described that perfectly well. But what you can tell us is where can you get Chariot? Because it's on all of the things, isn't it, pretty much? Yes. Uh, Chariot is currently available on Xbox One and PS4, both in uh, America and Europe. Uh, well, actually on Xbox One, it's worldwide. Uh, it is coming to Wii U very soon. It's going to be... Uh, we don't have the exact date right now. We're in certification. Right. But it should be very early in December if everything goes well. Um, and uh, it's actually coming on Steam uh, next Wednesday. So we're launching on Steam on November 12th. So that is um, worldwide. PC, what PC is that working on? Is it Windows? Um, I have to ask this. Cause, you know. it's, uh, yes, it's Windows. We don't have uh, a, li- a Linux or Mac uh, version right now. Right. Uh, we we might actually do it depending on how well the game does on, yeah. on Steam. If it does uh, well, I'm pretty sure we will be doing that. Yeah. But uh, at this point right now, we have so many versions, uh, so many SKUs. The team is, is, is pretty tired, so we, yeah. we decided to, to just make Wii U, PlayStation uh, 4, uh, Xbox One, yeah. uh, and PC. <laughs> the reason I ask this, I say this on the show to people, I know lots of people who have Steam boxes, um, I, I built myself one, but mine's a Windows-based one. So I kind of cheated. No, I actually did cheat. But my point is, way more games in the Windows version. It still boots into Steam, eventually. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things. It is lovely to... But, you know, you can sit on a PS4 and Xbox One as well. Uh, and it plays wonderfully on, on those those two platforms. I can vouch yeah, for it's, it's, it, it, so. it was designed... Actually, uh, we thought that when we would be launching on Steam, the, uh, the full um, controllers for Steam would be out. Uh, but yeah. they, they've been postponed. But uh, our goal was like, oh man, this is going to be a perfect game for somebody who has a Steam box in his uh, yeah. living yeah. room. Uh, yeah. So as soon as 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 these are out, people can actually make them right now. Yeah, make them. I had, like I said, I've been yeah. able to do it. Um, it's going to be a perfect game because we we did put. Um, keyboard and mouse actually it's just keyboard controls in the steam version right. but it, it, it is really for people who really really want to play the game and don't have a controller but i i advise against that i mean it's been designed for most, contro- most for a controller I, my confession like i've been playing first person shooters not competitively but when i'm offline online you know as a single player with the controller on my pc because it's See? just more comfortable <laughs> I, I think I read recently that 86% of people playing on PC were using a controller for uh, a lot of, of games. So yeah. I think yeah. it's it's great for, for I'm, I'm looking that's at one. it, my 360 controller right now. I'll never forget the story. I was playing Crisis 1. Remember that thing? And I was playing it. You know, it's basically half a game, but that's discussion for another time. I was playing it, and I heard this vibration, this buzzing sound. And uh-huh. you and I know as PC gamers, buzzing sounds are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. My fan's about to die. But it wasn't. It was my 360 controller buzzing away because it was basically vibrating on the table. Huh. (laughs) So I then picked it up and then proceeded to play Crisis with it. Well, half of Crisis, then the rest didn't bother with because it's rubbish. Um, But yes, (laughs) yeah, it is. Um, So thanks, for Martin. Uh, Thank you so, so much for for sharing your knowledge and your experience with Chariot. Thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful... uh, uh, wonderful to chat with you and i wish you the very very best of luck in continued success 
of terror and your future endeavors, whatever they may be. It would be wonderful to have you back on to talk about new stuff, whatever that pleasure. might be. In, in It'll be a pleasure anytime. It's, uh, it's been very enjoyable talking uh, with you two. We'll have a new game uh, coming out probably uh, uh, earlier than next year, but uh, there's, okay. there's something coming. So uh, yeah. uh, a few months from now, we should be able to announce it and, and, and start to show, show stuff. And uh, it's very different than Chariot, but uh, it's it's from uh, part, part way, of the same team, and it's yeah. going to be very interesting. In the meantime, if if some of your uh, uh, audience are interested in checking out the, the Steam page and then putting us uh, on their wish list or something, it's a mm-hmm. it's a good uh, it's a good idea to, to to see the news coming on our Facebook page, also uh, uh, Chariot Game uh, Twitter handle at Chariot Game. Uh, the, so uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're trying to build up this community as much as we can. Yes, do that if you're sick of seeing pictures of cats on Facebook. Yes. It's just, you know, I'm sure you're scrolling along and you've got babies and cats, sometimes cats and babies in the same picture. That's great. But if you want to, you know, see something other than cats and babies, <laughs> <laughs> do like um, yeah, a Facebook page for Chariot because it is a glorious, glorious and wonderful thing. Again, Thank you very much, Chris. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye